you look good today. Give yourself a hand. You look good today. That was the sorriest hand clap uh, to say that you look good I've ever. Give yourself a hand. You look good today. Come on. If you're going to do it, let's do it right. So good to see you. You know what? I want to say uh, there's so many people here today. Uh, but I, I want to say it's good to see Faye uh, this morning. She has so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. She has had quite a journey over the last uh, couple months, and she had uh, some issues with a, a, a surgery that she had and an infection and then had to go in the hospital, had some things done, and uh, has been just in a, in a step-down facility up in Bloomington for two months, couldn't, couldn't go to church, could barely have... Uh, couldn't even really have visitors, uh, just really, and so uh, honestly, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord. God is good, amen, <laughs> amen. I don't want to get myself in trouble because I don't want, I want to do that, but if you're here today, it's so good to see you today, and I, I just want to say, if you're a guest with us today, welcome today, and, and I pray that you feel uh, welcomed, and I, th- I pray that you feel blessed today. Um, what you're feeling, if, if you're not familiar with this, is the presence of the Holy Spirit ministering and touching you today. And if you feel that in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit uh, just just blessing you today. And so if, you're, if you are a first-time guest with us or maybe you're watching online, can we, home folks, can we give all of our guests a welcome today, whether they're online or whether they're here? That was good. You guys did better on that hand clap than you did giving yourself a hand clap. So I guess that's good. You're loving your neighbor but more than yourself there, so that's good. Um, I tell you what, I just am charged in my heart. It's just been a good, good week. I want to tell you it's been a busy week, but it was a good week. We, uh, we had uh, Snowmageddon, I guess, earlier this week. I guess it was Snowmageddon for me. I, I, you know, us, would like, we're like, woo, look at the snow. And so um, I am, I am uh, kind of getting tired of shoveling my driveway it's pretty big and uh, so me and Tristan spent a better part of a couple days just doing our driveway once and then turn around and doing it again and uh, while my kids sit inside so I'll just leave that one right there I'm just kidding I'm just bless them uh, but it, what a busy week it was I, I want I do want to I do want to say this um, Wednesday night we had our annual business meeting and uh, honestly this was my my first business meeting and uh we have a very, I, I'm going to say this, we have a very united church. Uh, our church, uh, it's like everybody's just all on the, on the freeway. We might all be in our lane, but we're all going the same direction, and I believe that the best is yet to come. And uh, in our business meeting, one of the, the, the main things that we had to address in this business meeting was um, uh, filling roles for our board, and we had uh, two Two choices, and guess what? We cut in two board members, and our board members for the next uh, three years are Stephen Gore and Don Flynn, which he's in Florida. We're not bitter about that, but let's give them a hand clap. <laughs> and uh, I was able to kind of share my heart, give a report of, of what we have, have been able to do in the last six months. And I tell you what, I... I really had to just step back and realize how good God has been in the last six months and how much he, you know, if you allow God to use you, he will use you in ways that you never, never could imagine. And honestly, I w- we were going back over some of the things that have, have been uh, accomplished, and God has been good to this church. God has been good to us. And so can we, I know we've given a lot of hand claps today, but can we give God a hand clap of praise?
look at your neighbor and say, God is good. God is good. I, I also want to say this. Uh, if next week, next week, you do not want to miss next week because next week we are having a baptism uh, service. And I, I wanted, we're going to do it right in the middle. I don't know what we've done in the past, but it doesn't matter. This is how we're going to do it right now. But we're going we're gonna to have baptism service right here on Sunday morning. And uh, we've got, I think, better amount of like maybe 12 people that have signed up to be baptized in the house next week. And it is going to be an exciting service. Do you believe that? Now, today's going to be exciting, but next week's going to be exciting too. So, so I want you to come ready next week. And uh, if you are, if you have signed up to be baptized, do me a favor. Uh, do me a favor this, this uh, today. If you are here, just meet with me right down here, right after service. I need to just chat with you for about five minutes, okay? I'll try to keep it short. Not like a preacher, evangelistic five minutes. I'm not going to like pan it out. Like five minutes, we'll, we'll just have a little discussion. Just want to give you guys some information and let you know that. So, uh, man, you guys all look good. Everyone, everyone look at someone across the building, all the way across the building. Just point your finger at them and say, I see you over there. All right, good. Uh, all right. Now, now look at someone uh, on the other side, if if you can. I don't know if uh, you people on the walls. You can't really. That maybe you people on the walls look up at the people at the balcony. Point up there, and say, I, I see you guys up there, and vice versa. All right. Uh, how many know that that uh, man? The joy of the Lord is our strength. You feeling discouraged in your heart? Can I tell you? Uh, whew, our joy uh, does not. It, 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 is the, it is from the Lord, and here's the thing. The world can't give you that joy. God gives you that joy, and the world can't take that joy away from you. And so I, I, just, I just feel that I feel just the, I feel really upbeat in my, in my heart today. And I want to talk to you guys today. I want you to just consider this. Um, do me a favor. Think back one year ago uh, to this moment, last February. Uh, we had no idea that 2020 was what 2020 was going to throw at us last year around this time. You, you know, we, we were, I think around this time, we were starting to hear about, you know, the coronavirus a little bit. But we had no clue how it was going to just upend our world uh, like, like it did, right? And because uh, we, we, had, we had dealt with um, pandemics before. And, I mean, for some things it, it kind of did, but we, we weren't ready. Uh, we, we, in 2020, we, we saw a pandemic. We saw lockdowns. We saw um, racial injustices. We saw riots. We saw lies and deceit. And coming into 2021, you know, uh, I can't say that things look any better. Oh, yeah, this is, just, this is encouraging, Pastor. This is my kind of word, right? Uh, but I can tell you this. This, for me, and I hope this is for you, this is, this, 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 the little thing right here, I thought about this this week, no matter how bad the year was or how bad the year is, no matter how bad I think things are, this church has become a refuge for me. It is. I, I love this. This church has become a place of ref, refuge for me, and, and every day it seems like the world gets a little bit crazier and crazier, and you know, I've learned to just kind of tune out the news and kind of not pay attention to it. Not that you, sh you should stay informed, but, but you shouldn't let it dictate your life and, and how you feel. You know, I'm learning that um, it's pretty amazing when you just uh, love on your neighbors and you don't add all the extra fluff of everything around you. When you, when you, 
like, it's crazy. I called my neighbor the other day, and I said, hey, I had this, this, uh, I had this tree that was cracking in my, in my yard, and it, it, you know, it had the ash borer, you know, bug or whatever, and it was dead, and it had a big, huge crack in it, and I was like, man, this thing's going to fall at any given moment, and so I called my neighbor, and I said, hey, can you come help me look at this tree and just, just, just give me some guidance? I said, I just, I don't have enough experience dropping a tree, and I just want you to just tell me what you think is the best option for this. And this, this tree was about to fall. I've got another one that's, that's not in good shape as well. But, he, you know, it was crazy. He came over, and, uh, you know, and I barely know this guy. I mean, I, I mean, we've just crossed paths a few times, and he came over. And uh, unbeknownst to me, he brought his chainsaw, and he came over, and he said, hey, we're going to take care of this thing. Knocked it down right there. And, and it's, it's amazing to me if, if we'll just open our eyes and love our neighbors and care for the people that are around us, our family members and people that we run into on a daily basis, your world will begin to change. But I, I begin to think about the church and, and us meeting together is a place where things of this life and, and things of this world are forgotten. And we don't have to focus on pain uh, that we see, but we look to the blessed hope of the return of Jesus Christ. You know what we have as believers? We have this hope because Jesus is coming after his church. Do you believe that? I believe that. And here's the thing, I'm tired of the news, I don't know about you, I, I'm just tired of the news, I'm just weary of it, uh, I'm tired of politics, I'm weary of politics, and I'm tired of people fighting, but in this house, in this church, can I tell you this, in this place, we can come together and unite our hearts, and here's the thing, we can come from different backgrounds and different views, but let me show you something. We just had a moment in worship where our focus was in one direction, and that was to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what makes this place special compared to out there, all right? And so in this place, we come together, and our hearts are focused, and our attention on what really matters, and that's Jesus Christ and our relationship with him, and I find that when I'm here, whether it's at the men's fellowship or the women's fellowship, usually like, Pastor, you're at the women's fellowship. Sometimes I, I come to support, to help my wife. I'm not in there with them, but sometimes I'm here. Or, or if it's a Wednesday night or, or a Sunday, it, it doesn't matter. When I'm here, my faith is charged, and I feel like, man, that God is up to something. And it's crazy. When my faith is charged, the things of this world, they grow strangely dim. In the light of God's presence and his word. If you'll build your life on God's word, if you'll build your life on the presence of God, everything else will not matter as much and, and it won't dictate your happiness. And but your joy will come from the Lord. Your peace will come from the Lord. And uh, my faith is built on Jesus Christ and more than ever before and on nothing else. Nothing else. Look at your neighbor say nothing else. And uh, through it all, I want to tell you that God is good. God is good. I want to encourage you today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I want to encourage you. That's, this is where I'm at today. And this is where I, I want to bring today is a word of encouragement today, a word of encouragement that God is good. I, I, I've, I've titled my sermon simply this, it's all good. It's all 
good. Everyone look at your neighbor you don't like as much and say, it's all good. It's all good. Listen to this. I, I saw this, and I think this is pretty powerful. Look at this. A good day is a good day, right? That's common sense. You have a good day, it's a good day. That's what makes it a good day, right, because it was good. That's philosophically way up there, just so you know, Socrates stuff right there, okay? All right. A good day is a good day. A bad day is a good story. So a good day is a good day. A bad day is a good story. It may not seem like a good story at the moment, but later in life, sometimes you look back and you tell those stories and, and, and you realize, man, that, that was a terrible day, but we persevered. We made it through. So a good day is a good day. A bad day is a, is a good story. And at the end of the day, guess what? It's all good. Whether it's a good story or it's a good day, it's all good. It's all good. And I want to encourage your heart today, whether you're going through something or or you're on a spiritual high, I don't know where you are at, but I just want to encourage you today that God is good. And I want to talk about the goodness of God this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Psalms, and uh, we're going to be in the 84th chapter. Psalm 84, verse 11 is where we're going to be, and if you, when you got it, say, I got it. All right, good, 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 good. If you don't know where Psalms is at, it's in the middle of your Bible. If you have a New Testament, it's that first book, the little New Testament, the Gideon New Testament is the first book in that little, little New Testament. They throw that, this New Testament and Psalms, are, it's, it's all together, though. It says this, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. Notice that S-U-N as if like the big yellow thing in our sky, sun and shield. For the Lord bestows favor and honor. I want you to look at this. This is the part that we're going we're gonna to look at today. No good thing does he withhold. Catch that. No good thing does he withhold. From those who walk uprightly. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me today, God, as an oracle, God. God, let these words that come from my mouth not be mine, but be led by the Spirit of God. I pray, Lord, hearts are changed, that lives are uh, encouraged, Lord, that people leave here lifted up. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. I'm going to read that again. For the Lord God is a son and shield, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, uh, to give you a little bit of context of what's going on here, the reason that the beginning of this verse says, for the Lord God is sun and shield, uh, is not because we worship the sun. It's not a comparison that, you know, many, many um, cultures uh, worship the sun, the S-U-N, not the S-O-N. I worship the S-O-N. They can worship the S-U-N. But, but it, it, here it's S-U-N. And, and the reason that this is in there is because there were many people who were, who were worshiping the sun. And basically what the psalmist is writing right here, he's just letting them know, hey, God, the Lord, my God, is bigger than the S-U-N. 
bigger than the S-U-N. And so, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And I love this. you got to get this in your heart. You're going to hear it a hundred times today. No good thing does he withhold. Everyone say that with me. No good thing does he withhold. Say it again. No good thing does he withhold. Say it again. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So I, I want to I break this, this verse apart today. We're going to be talking about it's all good. It's all good. And, and what we need to know about this verse is it is, here's number one. This verse is a promise. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, a promise. God is the promise keeper. Now, I don't know about you. I have friends. And some of my friends are reliable. And I have family. Some of my family is reliable. And I have some family that is not reliable. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? And I have some friends that are not reliable. I love them anyways, but they're not always reliable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But God is The promise keeper. He is not a promise keeper. He is the promise keeper. I told you last week that uh, that God is, in the scripture it tells us God is a man that cannot lie. So if God says something, if God gives you a promise, he, take it to the bank because it's going to happen. Some of you, uh, we talked a little bit about this, have been prophesied over and God has given you a word. And if that word lines up with this word right here, okay, number one, that prophetic word lines up with this word right here. That's the litmus test for, for a prophetic word or for a, a, a word of wisdom. If it lines up with this, you can take it to the bank what God is saying. And can I tell you this? He is the promise keeper. Let me tell you why he is the and not a promise keeper. He is the promise keeper because his record is perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. The promise in this verse predicates uh, off of three things about that God is good and how good he is. Okay? And we're going we're gonna to build on this. Okay? Uh, and, and, I, and I mentioned last week that there are over 3,000 promises in Scripture. Over 3,000 promises in Scripture. Say, everyone look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot of promises. That's a lot of promises. And one of those promises is found right here in our text, and that promise is simply this. No good thing does he withhold. No good thing. Uh, I don't know. When I was reading this, man, I just got charged in my heart. And this is what we know. And, and we're, we're, out of the promise, this is, this is how we know that this promise, is, it, it happens in the Scripture. Here, here's the promise. So the breakdown of the promise is this. We know this. Number one, God is good. God is good. God is good. Psalm 73, 1 says this. It says, truly God is good to Israel for those who are pure in heart. Psalms 119, 68 says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Talking about the Lord. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Psalms 25, 8a says, good and upright is the Lord. 
Oh, you're saying, oh, that's all Old Testament, TJ. Well, Mark 10, 18 says, no one is good except God alone. That's Jesus' words. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is for his steadfast love endures forever. Nahum 1, 7 says, the Lord is and a stronghold in the day of trouble he knows those who take refuge in him. Thank you, Sula, for giving that word that you gave today. Psalm 91, you know, and, and if we take refuge in the Lord, can I tell you something? God is good to those people who take refuge in him. Do you catch the trend here? Man, I, I, I could have went on and on and on and on and on and on about how the scripture, what it says about how good God is. How do we know God is good? Because his word says he is good. Now stop and do, do me a favor. Take this moment right now. Forget about how bad your neighbor's breath is right now. Forget about how, how ugly the person to your right is right now. I want you to just focus right now, right where you're at, and, and take this moment. Think back without any distraction from the right, the left, the front, the back, whatever. And think back how good God has been to you. Take just a moment and think about how good God has been to you. Because I can tell you this, that if it hadn't been for the goodness of God, some of you would be dead. If it hadn't been for the goodness of God, some of you might be incarcerated. What's that mean? You might be in jail right now. If it hadn't been for the goodness of God, we would all be lost and dying and going to hell. But the goodness of God. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, but the goodness of God. David would say this, he would say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why would he say that? Because he knew that God was good. It was not predicated on David, but it was pred predicated on the character of God. Lord, you are good, and I know that your mercy and your goodness, they're going to follow me all the days of my life because, Lord, you said you would you would." that you would stay with the upright. And so, God, I know that you are good. I may not be perfect. I make my mistakes. But, God, you are good. And can I tell you this? Goodness can only come from a good God. Nudge your neighbor this morning and say, God is good. No good thing does he withhold. No good thing does he withhold. So here's the second thing. So in, in the promise is this. Uh, is this, is so we know that God is good. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Everything works for good. And I talked about this last week, and I talked about God's purpose and what his purpose was. And that, that this verse that I'm going to talk about, Romans 8.28, says this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Not TJ's purpose, his purpose. In our lives, it, uh, we don't always, our lives are not always perfect. But God will work out perfectly our lives if we trust him. That's worth, that's worth repeating if I can repeat it like I said it. In our lives, it, it won't always be perfect for us, but God will work it out perfectly if we trust him. You know, I was thinking about this, and this is deep theological thinking right here. 
you know, biscuits are a lot like our trials. I mean, like a good biscuit. Some butter, some apple butter, peanut butter. I think we just need to take a moment and just thank the Lord for biscuits this morning. <laughs> but biscuits are a lot like our trials. And here's what I know is that if someone's making biscuits, is, is this, is that, you know, there's a lot of components to, to biscuits. And it's not just, it just doesn't all come together. There's different ingredients. And can flour, if you take flour and you're making biscuits and you take a cup of flour and you got your little measuring cup. And you're like, man, I love biscuits. And you were to take that flour and you were to dump that in your mouth, what's going to happen? <coughs> right? You're going to get all the dough all stuck in your mouth. It's going to just coagulate and get all weird. Right? Some of you have done that. And I pray for you guys if you've done that. But, but here's what I know. Situations in our lives, sometimes they choke out the joy in our lives. And sometimes situations choke out the peace in our lives. That happens. But here's another ingredient. Butter. How many love butter? I can't believe it's not butter. All right, butter. I like real butter. All right, so butter. And here's what we know. If you were to take a stick of butter right out of the refrigerator and just gnaw on it, just put it all in your mouth. How many are excited about that? Let me tell you what would probably happen. If you stuck a whole <laughs> stick of butter, not the little ones. I'm talking about the big ones. If you put the whole stick of butter in your mouth, you would probably gag. I know I probably would. Right? And, and here's what happens. Situations sometimes, they have us so anxious that we literally cannot eat or, or hold down food. How many have ever been in a situation? I remember there was a situation in my life at one point, and I was so overcome with anxiety and, and was just dealing with so much in my life that I was having trouble eating. I was just struggling. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes situations make us do that. Here's another thing uh, that may go into biscuits. I don't know what your biscuit uh, recipe is, but this is the one that I'm going with. And I don't know about you, but I don't like buttermilk. Who likes buttermilk in here? I'm going to pray for all of y'all, all right? You guys, you guys need prayer. I remember growing up, we went to this guy's house, and, and he was an older gentleman, and he since has passed away. But I remember going to his house, and my dad was pastor, and we drove up, and my dad was talking to him. And he gets out of the, 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 his truck, and he has this, like, I don't know, uh, 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 what is it, a quart of, of buttermilk. And he literally just cranks that thing open and just, and I thought, that is disgusto. I don't know, for all you weirdos that think buttermilk is good, that's really good in your Cheerios. Try it sometime. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't do that. Or do it. Whatever you want to do. All right. But buttermilk, let me, for my opinion, buttermilk is not good on its own. It's not. And some situations are just not good. But here's what I know. Sometimes we just have to endure them. Right? And this is what happens. So you take all those ingredients, and there's probably a few more. I'm not a baker, so don't get mad at me if I got them all wrong, okay? But anyways, so what happens, all these situations, they go together. The situations that, that maybe gag us and ch situations that choke out the joy and peace in our lives and situations that are not good. And those situations, they're all a culmination of our life, and they go together. And what does God do? He puts it in a bowl, and he gets the beater. 
my, I think my wife has like a, a diesel powered, uh, you know, you know, one of those things, beater, big ones, you know. Anyways, and 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 it feels like sometimes when when we're there, and and it just seems like, man, this is bad. I feel like my my peace has been choked out. I feel like my my joy has been choked out. And here I am, God. I'm gagging on this situation. It's made me anxious and this. And then here we go, Lord. This situation's not good. But now you're going to throw it all together in a big bowl. And now I just feel like you're just beating down on me. Anybody ever felt that way? It's crazy, right? And here's the next step. Yeah, this is this is just crazy. So now after a good beat down, you're in a bowl. What, what, you know what happens next? You know, then they take it and they slap it down on the pan. And then guess what? Hey, we're just going to throw you here in this fiery furnace. 400 for 20 minutes. I don't know. I'm guessing. And then we're put in a fiery trial. If, and if beating is not bad, then we feel like God is, and, and, and life, or we feel like life is turning up the heat on us and our situation. And man, how many have ever felt like you, you're being burned? Man, this is bad. 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 I, and now, Lord, I just feel like I'm being burned. You ever felt that way? But look at this. What we know and what I talked about last week is God is taking all those situations, and though it may seem impossible when it's all in the bowl, may, may, though it may feel like a beating in the bowl, may it, and though it may feel like a fiery trial when we're placed in the oven, but God is making something good. All those ingredients by themselves, especially buttermilk, are not good. But you mix those together and then you put those and you beat those together and you put them in a fiery oven or electric oven if you're us. All right. And you put it in the oven and it, it begins to create something. And let me tell you something. If they bring out biscuits at a restaurant, everyone's got their sticky hands in there grabbing biscuits. In my family, that's the way it works, right? Everyone grabs a biscuit, right? But can I tell you this, that God is working all those things together for them that love the Lord, okay, there's, 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 there, that's what you need to know. He'll work it if you love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, I get tied up on that because I always say, hey, God, it's my purpose. But God's like, no, I love you and I appreciate you, but, but all this is working for my purpose, all right? Here's the, here's the third thing. Withholds nothing that is good. Everyone say, withholds nothing that is good. I told you we're going to say it 100 times today. Today, that's a promise for you and for me. And can I tell you this? That is a promise for your children and their children and their future children and their future children. Because God is the promise keeper, not a promise keeper. He is the promise keeper. So if he says it, he will hold true to it. And when I pray, if he answers yes, that means it was good. Now, that was a good point. He is good. It's good for his purpose, and it's good for me. If I ask God for something and I don't get uh, uh, get that, get what I want, that means that I wouldn't want it if I got it. That was, I said that really fast. But if I asked God for something and I didn't get what I wanted, that means I wouldn't want it if I got it. He sees the best for me. And I, here's the thing. This is my, my, my finite mind, my, my, my physical man. Sometimes I don't see far enough and I don't see wide enough and I don't see big enough to see the picture that God sees. 
James, and, and we, did a, we were doing a study on James, and one day I'll finish this study, even the snow days and all, it's just been happening, but, but we're going to finish it, Lord willing. I learned you say that in James. Lord willing, we're going to finish it. All right. And James uh, 4, 2, uh, B and uh, 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 d the second part of verse 2 and 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you what? Do not ask. And you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says this, and ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will knock and it will be pleading, asking, asking him. It kind of reminds me of my kids when they want something. They'll just ask and 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 it's like, can you stop asking right now, right? And sometimes we get mad. We're like, we're not going to do it out of principle because you keep asking. And I told you to stop asking, right? Sometimes as parents we do that. But God is not like that. But here's what we know is God wants a relationship with us and he wants communication with us. A communicable relationship. And why don't we receive it? Here's, what, here's why we don't always receive when we ask things. Because we ask amiss. We're asking in the wrong attitude. We're not asking for God's purpose. We're asking for my purpose. God, give me a raise. God, help me to get this job. Help me to do this. God, me, 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 me. And God's like, you don't want that job because you're going to have a heart attack if you take that job. Or you don't want that relationship because that person's going to drag you down and I've got a calling on your life. And here's the thing is, uh, is we, we, we ask God these things, but we, but we don't always ask in the right attitude. Why don't we receive? We ask amiss and we ask wrongly. It's not in line with his plan. It's not in line with his purpose. And it's not in line with his goodness. We know that our scripture, our text says nothing. God will withhold nothing that is good. All right. Do you believe that? All right. So, and here's the thing, I ask in my own desires, and unbeknownst to most people who say, I thank God for unanswered prayers, that's really not the proper way to say it, because here's what happens. God answers one of three ways in prayers, yes, no, and let's talk about it. There are, God always answers. We say unanswered prayers because he didn't answer it the way we thought he should answer it, but he probably just said, no. Right? Some of us look back and say, God... Thank you for not answering my prayer to marry that person in high school because I saw them the other day in the store, Lord, and you've given me someone so much better than that person. And I'm praying that if your attitude's that way, I'm praying that you, you love them like you love. No, I'm just kidding. But God answers three ways. He answers yes, no, and let's keep talking about it. And, and think about this. It's, I mean, really, think about this. The story, if you go back to the, to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, the story of Hannah, and there she is. She's praying. And she's seeking the Lord because she, she wants to have a son. And in the midst of, of being there, praying in the temple, she's there. And she's, she's not really saying anything. Words are not really coming out, but her mouth is moving really fast. And Eli is there. He's the high priest. And he's sitting there. And he sees her. And he looks at her. And he's like, man, this woman's drunk. She's over there just going. 
this is what scripture says. You look it up. And he looks over and he and 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 this is what she says. She says, I I'm not drunk. I'm just pleading with the Lord. I'm pleading with the Lord and I'm I'm telling him what I want. I'm asking him. I, I'm seeking him. I, I I need an answer from him. And here's the thing. She didn't get her answer right away until uh, as she kept talking to the Lord. She didn't get her answer right away until she aligned herself with what God wanted for her. Look at this. This is amazing to me. It took her a while to get her request right. God knew what he was going to do for her. He, she just had to get in alignment with what God was doing. And honestly, we would get answers to our prayers if we would align ourselves with what God is doing and not what we want. Look at this. This is what Hannah did. Hannah, she, she begins to declare to the Lord, Lord, I will not cut his hair. He's going to be a Nazarite. And, and, and I will give him to you. That's what God was looking for. That's what I wanted, Hannah. I want to give you a son. But that right there is what I, and Eli, even though he, she, he thought she was drunk, he, she began to talk to him. He began to just discern the spirit, and he looked at her, and he told her, he said, woman, go in peace. Go in peace. Eli told her that. And look at this. God didn't just give her a baby, but God gave her a prophet. Out of her Aligning herself with God. She didn't just get a baby, but she got a prophet who would later go on and anoint King David and would do great things. Something about alignment with God that does, that does amazing things. And here's what we need to know. God, uh, sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no. And sometimes it's a let's keep talking about it. But it's always in line with his purpose. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. What's that mean? I'm going to align myself with your purpose. We sang about that earlier. We, we sang about how, how good God is too. I, 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 and honestly, this, God just works things out. I love that. And the promise of our text is he withholds nothing good. If he answers your prayer, it's because he, it is good. If he answers with a yes, it means it is good for you and it is good for his purpose. Does God want to bless you? Sure he does. Do we always need to be blessed? Probably not. Sometimes that would put us in the wrong mindset or put us in the wrong place and take us out of the calling or take us out of the place that God has designed for us to be. It is for his good and it's, and it's also for my good. And what a promise day. Here's the second thing. Here, the first one was the promise. Here's the second thing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here. We're, we're not going to be too much longer. First is the promise. Here's the second part of that scripture is the premise. Everyone say the premise. The premise literally means this, to follow as a conclusion. No good thing uh, does God withhold. But here is the premise from those who walk uprightly. God will not withhold anything, but here's, the, here's, here's the, what you got to do. Got to walk uprightly. Got to walk uprightly. Um, and to walk with and, and that literally means to walk with and to uh, uh, walk with an uplifted countenance. Everyone look up. Everyone look with an uplifted countenance. When you look down, and like when I look down, you can see my, my balding head. But if I look up, you can't see my balding head. I like that. Y'all pray for my hair. All right. But that doesn't mean that to walk this Christian walk, we have to be perfect. There are no perfect Christians. 
And if you are a perfect Christian, we'll, we, the altar's open right now. Come on down. We're going to go ahead and pray for you. I struggle with stuff, but I know that I can cast my cares on Jesus. Right? I know I'm weak, but I know that God is sufficient and that, and that in my weakness, his grace is sufficient. Amen? And here's what I know when my countenance, when I'm in the upright, when I'm, I'm looking at the Lord, I'm looking up to you, and I, I'm, I'm talking things to you, and I'm trusting in you. Uprightness is simply this, wholeness or integrity of heart are close counterparts to living upright. They, they literally are. Wholeness and integrity of heart are close counterparts to living upright. See, look at this. I, 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 and I was, I was, as I studied this, if you go back over this, God judged the kings of Israel by their integrity, not man's standards, but by his standards. When he looked back over the kings, and if you read the scripture, you'll see, hey, this guy was a good king. This guy was a bad king. This guy was a good king. This guy was a bad king over the, over the, the people, the kings that ruled over Israel. And it was not man's standards that made them a good king. It was God's standards that made them a good king. David was a man that followed after God's heart, right? That's what we know him as. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. He was a train wreck sometimes. But what I like about David is he knew where to turn when things got chaotic. He's like, God, your goodness and mercy, they're going to follow me all the days of my life. I know that. I've seen it. I've walked it. I've lived it. God is indeed good. Amen. Do you believe that? And from the Psalms, we know that. But he looks at the heart, the words, and the reflection of his own character in your hearts. You want to know if you're walking upright? Is the character in you the same thing that God demonstrates? There's, there's the mirror you need to look at. So am I walking upright? Well, there's no way we're going to be like God because we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. God's given us grace and he's given us room for that. But honestly, in our hearts, we got to look and say, man, is my, is, my, is my integrity right? Here are some, some attributes of the upright. Number one, this is, this is God. God is pure. Purity. Purity. Purity of the mind. Purity of the heart. Purity of your language. Oh, pastor, you had me until you said that one. Ooh. Purity of love. Are you loving people unconditionally or do you have a condition on loving someone? Do you have a condition on blessing someone? Well, if they can give this back to me, I'll bless them. No, no, no. That's not how God's character is. What about this? Here's another one. Honesty. Everyone say honesty. Now, this one's going to hit like a ton of bricks. Are you fair with the time that you give your boss? What about this? Let's flip the script. Are you a boss and are you fair to your employees? Are you good to your employees? Like, man, you. I know that's that's a that's a that's a lofty that's a lofty grab, isn't it? I'm spitting up here. It's, it's anointed. Did you see it? I don't know if you saw that. Sorry. Here's another one. Obedience. Oh. Are you following God's word? Are you doing what he's asking you? Are you? Well, I'm trying, right? What about this one? Goodness. Are you genuinely a good and loving towards people? 
Do you love people that can do nothing for you? I know this, this is a little bit tough, but it's the character of God. We're all, we're all striving to be. I haven't arrived. Here's the next one, blamelessness. Are you living with integrity or are you righting wrongs or if you know something's not right, you just let it go? The Hebrew word for upright is, is straight. And here's what I know. In my own strength, I cannot walk upright and straight. But Romans 3.23 tells me that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And scripture tells us that our righteousness is, is, as, is as filthy rags, right? When we compare it to God, it, it is what it is. But here's the, here's the good news for you today. Thank goodness I can't do it on, on my own. But Jesus, but Jesus would make a way for me to be able to accomplish this on the cross of Calvary. Amen. You know, it reminds me, I have a dog. And my dog, my kids will give him a bath. And when they give him a bath, if we let him outside, you know what he does after getting a bath? He gets down on the ground and he just gets all the cleanliness off of him. Gets that good old Indiana dirt on him, you know, right? Mud, mostly. And sometimes he's not very careful because where he's rubbing, he's also laid a mess. And that's like what we do sometimes is God's given us and God's blessed us. And here we are. We're going back to the old mess. God, thank you for, for, for taking that weight off of me today. But now I'm going to go home. I'm going to go out in the yard and I'm going to just put the mess back on me. Can I tell you, sometimes that's us, but God is patient. God is patient with us, and God is with us, and he just brings us in, and he gives us a new bath. and says, all right, come on, like I do. Come on, you silly dog. Or Wyatt does. I don't, I don't give the dog a bath. Wyatt gives me a bath. And Xavier. Here's the thing. Now, so, we, so we talked about the promise, and, and uh and then, we, and then we talked about the premise. Here's the, here's the last thing I want to talk to you about. Now, this is where we have all a culmination of, of the goodness of God right here. Here's the proof, okay? Number three, here's the proof right here. The proof is, and in my own life, I've lived this principle in my life, and, I, and I've had God to say no to some of my prayers. I've had him to say only later to show me that in those prayers he turn situations that I thought should have went one way, and then when I get to the other side of it, I'm like, man, God, you you did this. This is so cool. I thought I wanted it to be this, but God, you, you did so much more out of this. God, you took that buttermilk that I thought was not good, and Lord, you, you, you put it all together, and now there's a biscuit. My food gets me excited. I'm sorry. And I'm living that right now in my life. And my testimony on this is great. But a greater way to look and to prove this is, is this. You have to look to the cross. The proof of the promise of how good God is. The proof to that God withholds nothing good is you have to look to the cross. The cross proves God is good. The cross proves he is working it for the good. And the cross proves that he will not withhold any good 
thing. Romans 8, 28, and I, I, you know, we used this, this scripture last week. I'm piggybacking on this this week. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Go down. We, I, I ended here last week, and we're going to almost end here this week. But go down to verse 31. It says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? But look at this. Go one step, for, uh, one step forward. Verse 32 says this. He who did not spare his own son, capital H, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Who's us all? Look at your neighbor and say, that's me, that's you, that's all of us in here. You can tell Paul wasn't from the south because he said, for y'all, right? Us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things God is not withholding he's not a, a, a God up there that's like oh I'm going to give you some good things I'm, I'm going to give you this but God if he gives you something it is good his nature is good it is good for you it is good for his purpose and it may seem like buttermilk right now and it may seem like butter and it may seem like flour but can I tell you something God is putting all those things together for your good for his good Romans 5 8 says this but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners guess what guess who died for us Christ died for us before you even knew that you needed a savior Christ already paid the price what an awesome thing, right? What an awesome thing. So what are you saying, TJ? Saying this, God loves to send his, his son to die. He sent his son to die for your sins, for my sins. Is proof that God is good. That right there is all you need to know. That's how good God is. And he's working things for the good. And he will never withhold good things over us. John 3.16 says this. For God to love the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but what have everlasting life. That's everybody. God so loved the world. Are you part of the world? That's for you today. That's for you today in the balcony. That's everybody. There's this, uh, uh, there's this story. And, and, and I'm just going to gonna end on this. Uh, uh, there's a story in the Bible, and, and everyone knows John and James, the, the, the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee is such a cool name. I think I'm going to name my next dog Zebedee. All right. But anyways, the sons of Zebedee, and they're called the, the sons of thunder, and, and, and they, were, they were volleying for position in Jesus' kingdom. And it was so bad that their mom even got involved. And in the story, uh, she goes up to Jesus and she says, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, can you make a place for, for my son John on the left? And can you make a, a place for my son James on the right? Will you make a place for them? And unbeknownst, and I, and I love this because Jesus probably just looked at her with a, with a gleam in his eye, a smile on his face saying, Lady, you do not even know what you're asking for right now. You have no clue of what you're asking for right now. Now, look, fast forward a little bit. So she asked him that, and, and, and honestly, and he says this, are they willing to bear the same cup 
that I'm going to have to bear to get into that kingdom. And in and, and Matthew, you know, they both say yes, but here's the, here's the key. When we get to the cross, we get to the cross, there's two thieves. One on the left and one on the right of Jesus, okay? And in this story, uh, one is over there and he's antagonizing Jesus and he says, Hey, if you are the Son of God, why don't you save us? Why don't you save yourself? If you are who you say you are. And then on the other side, there's another thief over there and he's over there going, Man, you are dumb. Do you not know who this guy is? And he begins to confess to Jesus and he says, Lord... When you go into your kingdom, will you remember me? Will you remember me? And Jesus, with those great words, says, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. I love that. But here's the thing. When she asked Jesus, hey, will they be on the left and right? And they said, hey, we're willing to drink that cup. Guess what? That was their place. They should have been this thief or they should have been that thief. To get to that place. And literally that day, she probably understood something. Probably a reality came to her life that she thought, man, I didn't realize what I was praying. And here's what happens with us. We pray things. We say, God, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you answer it this way? And God wants to do good things in your life. God wants to do great things in your life. But let me tell you something. You need to align what you're praying with what he is doing. I talked about walking in the spirit. You need to align your life with what God is doing. Not what you want, but what God wants in your life. You want to go to the next level with the Lord? Let me tell you something. The best thing you can do is say, hey, God, it's not about me. It's about you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Today I want to tell you that God is good. He's working your situations. He's working your trials. He's working your setbacks for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He is not withholding anything good. I'm not getting the answer I want. Let me tell you something. God's giving you a no. That's okay. That's okay. And this is what we need to do as the people of God. We only need to trust his promise, his provision, his purpose in our lives. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me all across this building. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, let me tell you something. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you should know him today. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to advise you, don't wait for another day. Don't wait for another time. The Bible says we're not promised tomorrow. You trying to scare me, TJ? No, I'm not trying to, to scare you. I'm just giving you a stark reality. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation to know this Savior. He's good. He's good. He's good. He wants what's best for you. And if you don't know him as your personal Savior, I want to give you this moment to just Lift your hand in the building. No one looking around. Anybody in the building. I'm going to just wait just a few moments. Thank you. A hand in the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? We tarry just a moment. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. I believe you died on the cross, you rose again, and you're coming again. I confess my sins to you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to forgive them. 
I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that salvation today. Yeah. That never gets old. Maybe you're here today. I, I want to talk to the church people real fast. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. You say, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm just really having a hard time seeing the good that, that God is doing. Let me tell you something. You may be in a phase. You may be in the, the fiery trial. You may be in the beatdown. You may be in that, the, the moment where things are choking you. Can I tell you that God loves you? I want to encourage you today that God is good. If you're struggling in your heart, you say, hey, pastor, will you pray for me this week? Um, will you just keep me in prayer? And, and you just want prayer this morning. Can, can you just lift your hand? Anybody today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, hands going up everywhere. Listen, look at me. Look at me. If you raise your hand, look at me. Come on. I, God is good. God is good. He is good. He loves you. He has your best interest at heart. And let me tell you something. He can do the miraculous. I'm going to pray for you. God, thank you for those who raised their hand today, Lord. God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would just, hmm, Holy Spirit, begin to just move in this place. Lord, that you would show the goodness of God. God, to those who may be struggling, that, that are having trouble seeing past uh, uh, the, the, the moment. God, I pray, Lord, that they would see the goodness of God, Lord, in their life. God, as they, as they walk uprightly, God, as they live day to day, God, as they're, they're trying their best. God, I pray, Lord, that you give them strength. But, God, knowing what your word says, Lord, that you will withhold nothing good to those who walk uprightly. God, we stand on that promise today. Lord, we walk in that promise this week. God, as we walk out of this building, it doesn't end in this building, but it goes with us in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, begin to encourage where those are discouraged. God, begin to give strength where those are weak. And God will give you the praise. God will give you the glory and adoration in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I can tell you this, that God is good. Just do me a favor. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I want, I, remember, if you're getting baptized, see me up here in just a few moments. It won't take very long. I want to encourage you. Next week, be here be here. I want you to come with expectation. What do you mean by that? I want you to come expecting to see God do something. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. I believe it. I know it. I already feel it in my heart. It's going to be a great time. Now bring somebody. Bring somebody. Bring somebody. Bring one. If everybody brought one, I don't know what we do about social distancing, okay? Let us figure it out. Make a problem for us. Let us figure it out, all right? Let's, uh, let's do this. Raise your hand this way. I pray that God bless you this week, that, his, that he would be with you, that he would protect you this week, that honor and glory would follow you, and that as you walk this week, that his presence would go before you. I pray that when you take a step in faith and when you're walking out your walk with the Lord, that you'll be in step with the Holy Spirit this week. God, use us. God, how you see fit this week. God, we thank you and we honor you. We praise your name. Come on and bless his name one more time.